Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program here from Combine Radio Row in the city of Indianapolis. And it's our final show from here, where the entire show comes from here. But we have a lot of interviews we got through the course of the week that we're going to be playing next week and maybe in the coming weeks because they're not exactly timed out to whatever happens at these workouts this weekend. And most of the big workouts are happening today, tomorrow, Sunday, quarterbacks. And we met some of them this morning. They greeted the media. They met with a sea of media in the case of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. So you can see some of those photos on my Twitter feed, at Texans Voice. Of course, Johnny's going to have a lot to say about them. And let's check in with some people who have a lot to say about the Combine in general. All right, later on today, Rich Eisen on the program, visiting with D.P. Sidhu. That's good stuff. And Rhett Lewis, who's on NFL Network and is the brother of somebody who works for the Texans, Morgan Kleinschmidt, who works in player development. So obviously there's a local organizational angle with us with that, but Red is a very well-known guy on national TV, so we'll catch up with him. But let's start it off here. Draft expert Daniel Jeremiah. Johnny and I had a chance to catch up with him. How's it going, Daniel? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. You also are the color commentator on Chargers Radio, which is cool. And former semi-member of Texans Radio. That's right. Like a decade ago, we had you on every week, and then we replaced you with John. Harrison. I know, and you <laughs> upgraded in a big way. But that was that was actually, and I, I've told you this before, but that was great for me because I just kind of moved into the media after right. coming out of scouting. And just reps, right? You yeah. want to get reps, and, and Mark's great. Gave me reps every week. DJ, I want to ask you this because you are, you know, part of the Chargers squad, and you and I talked in '19. I thought you you came down like. I think it was probably 15 minutes before the game, and I saw you. We were chatting a little bit. And it was kind of the scout in you. You wanted to kind of get an up-close personal view of things. Yeah. How has it changed the way that you analyze draft prospects because you do get a chance to see an NFL game every single week as opposed to you're seeing college games every week when you're doing it in scouting? Has that changed at all for you, the fact that you get to see the true dudes and then how the next group of dudes coming in compare. 100%. And I think that's one of the things that smart personnel departments do is that they cross-train their guys, you know, so they're seeing both. I know just from time on the road as a college scout, you'd watch college players all year long, and then you get all of a sudden you go out to training camp, and we'd have to evaluate our own roster. And, and it works both ways. Some of it's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, like this is what it looks – this is what it's supposed to look right, like. Right. And then the other side of it is like, okay – I've been searching for this mythical right tackle that doesn't exist. Like, this right. is what plays. Like, th you, you may be being a little too hard on these mm. kids because yeah. these are what the starting tackles, right tackles look like in the NFL. Yeah. What about quarterback, Daniel? Because that subject has come up around here. Yeah. And the translation of how they perform in college versus how it goes down in the NFL and when to play and all of that. Your thoughts on that process? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is – uh, the same game but a different game you know it's obviously there's a lot more spread and space in college than there is in the nfl it's a lot more restricted a lot more condensed so you've got to factor all that stuff into your evaluation but i i've you know i i think we can all see the traits you know can can you throw the ball accurately can you can you extend plays create plays do you make good decisions do you turn the ball over like i think those things are not the hard evaluation of the quarterback the hard part of the evaluation is getting to know how the guy's wired you know, what type of commitment level, what type of intelligence. You know, those are the – that's the thing. On this side of it, it's darn near impossible because you just don't get to spend enough time around them to get those questions answered. Daniel, as you do your mock draft, and I don't know if you guys just don't do trades or can't do trades or don't want to do them. Yeah. I, I don't know. But 
if the draft stays where it is, you would think if the Bears are going to stick to it, they're going to take Jalen Carter, and that obviously puts Bryce Young there at number two. A, do you think it stays that way? Do you think there is a trade up to number one? And if Bryce Young is available, does he make the right fit for the Houston Texans at two? Yep, two-parter, number one. I don't do trades early because it just makes it kind of – can muck up the whole process. Yeah. And, and so I just – look, until we get to free agency and sure. see how these the deck gets shuffled, I'm not going to do trades. Um, we, we, you will at the end of the process. I don't think the, the Bears stay at one. I think they trade it. I think they either trade it. and I, You know, the, the three – that I think will be the most motivated would be two, four, and nine. You know, so with with Houston, Indy, and in Carolina, we got the Raiders in there at seven. We'll see what they do the veteran thing or not. Seems to be more of a veteran team. I would think that would be the way that they would go. Um, but uh, I think the other three, there'll be some motivation there. All right, thoughts on Bryce Young here. Let's just get it out yeah. there, okay? He's a tremendous playmaker, great college quarterback. Everyone's talking about the size, but. What are you seeing as far as how his game fits on Sunday? Well, I don't think it fits every place. I think it fits two and four. I, I look. <laughs> I just look at where you guys play. I look in that division. I think it works in there. I, I think, you know, you go out and get some interior offensive linemen to be a little bit more firm in the middle. I think that'll help. But I think all of his skills translate, and I like the fact that you take him at, at his, you know, lack of size, but he gets to play in weather-controlled environment. Um, I think it's. A, I think it's a great fit. I was so mad at you this spring because I had just finished my write-up and I did a player comp and I wrote Drew Brees for for Bryce Young. Yeah. And about three weeks later, I see you tweet, yeah, his comp is, Bright, is Drew, Drew Brees. And I hit my head <laughs> on the table and I just went, God dang it. So I wrote in my Harris 100. I did this back in May. So time stamping. But that said, yeah. as it pertains to Bryce, everybody knows he's short. Yeah. Everybody knows it. For you and for evaluators, is there an absolute – just can't take a guy because height, weight. Is there a particular trait or characteristic that you look at for a quarterback and go, no way, won't do it? Not, I mean, from a physical standpoint, I, I think there's thresholds, you know. So to me, you know, his arm has to be strong enough, right? You know, I, you know, athletic in the way the game's played now, you got to be able to move around enough, right? Um, so I don't think that means you have to be the strongest arm. I don't think you have to be the most accurate guy, but that in terms of the size, the height, because these kids is. He's been this height his whole life. Right. They've played. Right. He's played at the highest highest level, and he's been excellent. You know, the t tip passes are not an issue for him. There's nothing like that. There's maybe you can watch tape, and you'll see a couple plays. Where you're like, I don't think he could really see there, but I've seen Russell Wilson. You know, have the success he's had at that height. So the height thing doesn't bother me. The weight thing. I mean, obviously, if he showed up here and he was 182 pounds, I'd be a little nervous. But I think he's going to show up and be 200 pounds, and and that won't be as as big of a concern. I think the. Uh, the uh, the hard set rules of don't touch with that position are more character related, right. intelligence, work ethic. Mm. That's that's a no. Like it's hard enough, man. When you're doing all that stuff, that doesn't guarantee success. Right. But if you're not willing to, to to put in the work, you've got no chance. Daniel Jeremiah joining us on Combine Radio Row. All right, the legend of Anthony Richardson. If he throws well here, if he throws well here this week, does he shoot up all the media boards like crazy? Well, I I you know. I, coming into the process before he even picks up the football, I think most people would agree he's got the most ability of anybody. Like, mm. it, I always say if you were an alien and your spaceship landed and you only got to see one week of college football, <laughs> and it was when he played Utah, you say he's the best player. He's the best player here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the consistency wasn't there, and uh, he hasn't played a ton of football. So he's he is the ultimate boomer bust player. I think he will he will put on a show here. This is, he's mm. built for this. Right. Um, so it's just a matter of how much risk you want to assume. And really, do you believe in your development 
group that you have and the plan in place. Some people said he needs to play because he hasn't played that much. I think it's a bad idea. I think he needs to, you know, use the Mahomes formula. Let him oh. sit for a year. Let him to get his feet dialed in. Let him understand and digest the offense. He's a smart guy, but let him get control of all that information. And then I think you'll start to see, you know, him trying to work through some of those flaws. But but you've been a part of NFL organizations, and yeah. the Mahomes plan worked because they had Alex Smith, and they were still yep. doing well. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> if but, you don't but, do well. But here's the example. Here's the example. I had him going to the Lions. Okay. And oh. the Lions fans lost their ever pick in mind. And they uh, said there's Richardson no, to the Lions. Uh, yeah, 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 Richardson, yeah, Richardson, yeah. Richardson. Um, yeah. So I, I said, what, what is the, uh, you know, what's the not, what's the knock here? I said, oh, well, we've got Jared Goff. He's playing winning football. I said, yeah, no, Alex Smith was playing winning football too. Right. right. This guy's upside is through the roof, and he costs you nothing. Right. So, um, you know, that that to me was uh, was why I went there. I think it's one of the hardest things for fans to see is the forecast beyond 2023, yeah. or or the current year. I think that's the hardest thing to see. Like, oh no, we need this right now. Well, wait a second. Let's think about what you can be in the future, and then also seeing a player's ceiling or what that ceiling could be with what you already These have. These guys don't all cost the same either. Right. So it's not Jared Goff uh, versus Florida quarterback. It's not. You're looking at him versus the three or four extra players you get to add because yeah. you have that extra money. Yeah, absolutely. It costs in, you this, in this draft, Daniel, the best and deepest position is – the one you have the most questions about is? Well, I think the uh, the deepest position, I love the edge rusher group. I think there's a ton mm -hmm. of them. Um, I've said it's the best tight end group in the last 10 yep. years, so those would be two that come right off the top of my head. The receiver position is nowhere near what it's been the last few years, so that's the one that's down. How hard is it for you, Daniel, to check your work in previous drafts and see how things panned out? Yeah. Did I get that right about these players or not? How do you go about that process? It's very scientific, Mark. What I do <laughs> is I, I wait. I have all of this in an Excel, Excel sheet. So uh -huh. I have, you know, Zerline's, he's a maniac. He does like 500 players. I do 400. That's okay. it. So I do 400 players. And then three years after the draft in the summer one day, in between jumping in and out of the pool, I'll come in. I'll pull out that Excel sheet. And I can look, you know, at the games, if they started production, all that kind of stuff. It's not a scientific, but I'll just go. I'll highlight them in green if I is a thumbs up, and I'll highlight them in red if it's a thumbs down. And you go through, and, and I have the blurbs of what I said about the players as well. And you'd be amazed, like, over the years, there are telltale signs, and you're like, you dummy. Like, how did you not see this? Like, yeah. this is all in there. Uh, uh, to that point, what's the biggest miss that taught you the most? I'll give you mine to yeah. let you think about that. And he knows it. Dwayne Brown. I lost my absolute ever-loving you-know-what the day the Texans drafted Dwayne Brown because yeah. I just, like, no way. What I missed was the fact that he had elite athletic skill, and he wanted it. He yeah. wanted to be great. And at that point, those two can get you at least a lot farther than I expected him to be. And he ends up turning into a pro bowler. That has sort of marked my entire, the rest of the way that I look at prospects. Who, was there somebody like that for you that you missed and went, mate, okay, what did I learn from that and how have you carried that forward? Yeah, I mean, Kevin White's one, like the receiver, and then I teased about this the other day, like Big 12 receivers has been a trail of tears, yeah, yeah. and it's just a different game that they play. Uh, but height, weight, speed guys who have inconsistent hands and can't run the full complement of routes, don't, don't do it. Yep. So that was a lesson there. And the other thing I would say is there's I, I have this list actually to made a document out of it to like remind myself non negotiables. Corners that can't find and play the football, yeah. done. I don't care if they run four two five, they're six mm -hmm. two, two hundred and fifteen pounds and and you're fluid and athletic. If you can't find and play the ball in college, you don't magically learn how to find and play the ball in the NFL.
Wait, go back to the receivers here. Height, weight, speed guys. So really fast, big guys. If they don't have the hands in college, you don't think they're going to It's necessarily- a combination. It's the combination of the hands and the route running. So if yeah. you can't if you can't drop your weight, if you in other words, if you're stiff, if you're mm-hmm. a stiff straight line speed receiver who has inconsistent hands, I, it is a trail of tears of guys okay. with that profile. Bunch of Interesting. Yeah, And you can find guys that you can find guys that didn't run as well that were pristine route runners and you can say, "Oh, but he doesn't run Cooper Cup didn't run all that fast." And, yeah. and there's Devontae Adams 457. Uh, yeah. And you know runners. who's the outlier in that group you talked about with the Big 12 cuz it, it hit me right away and then I was like, "What else? Nobody else." CD Lamb. Yeah. Well, he's a route is, runner. Is route runner and great hands. So there's three there's three of the of like I looked at like the last 17 uh, Big 12 receivers drafted in the first two or three rounds. Three of them have been really good players. Lockett was a route like, runner yep. at Kansas State. Um, you had CeeDee Lamb was a route runner. And then and one that people won't realize, but Hollywood Brown was a yeah. really good route runner at Oklahoma. He was fast as all get out, but he could run all the routes like yep. Deshaun Jackson could. Daniel, we know you have a lot of stops. Thanks a lot for joining us. Great to see you guys. There's Daniel Jeremiah here from NFL Network, draft expert. You can read his stuff on NFL.com. All right, coming up, Rhett Lewis, also from NFL Network. There's a theme here tonight, national television personality. We'll visit with him and Rich Eisen and D.P. Sidhu later on in the show. It's Texans Radio. Continuing with our final show from Combine Radio Row in Indianapolis. All right, Johnny Harris and I caught up with Rhett Lewis from NFL Network. You've seen him on a ton. He also does some play-by-play. Well, we'll get into it with him. In fact, let's go a little behind the scenes here. We shot this for video and TV as well. And we'll begin this segment, Johnny and I talking to Rhett. He's got the wrong brand of beverage on the table, so we had him remove it. And we'll let you hear all of that part because it's kind of funny as we get into the recorded for video version of the interview and the rest of it for audio. Sorry. That's not a sponsor, Rhett. That's not Rhett. a sponsor. You know how this goes. I know, man. Okay. All Let me right. get my cheat sheet out here. Are you guys going to roll on this? They're going to roll on this, Rhett. I don't know. This is big. I I hope TV cameras don't intimidate you. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, you guys have any makeup I can throw on here real quick? (laughs) I'm sure Drew has some. You sound like Drew. Where's Drew's bag? Yeah, Yeah, Drew's got got, I guarantee you Drew's got some. Cover girl clean makeup. Oh, that's, Wash your foundation or something. That's my brand. such a diva. He really is. Okay. Well, we're starting. I guess we're we're underway already with Rhett Lewis here. (laughs) And uh, better known as Morgan Kleinschmidt's brother. There we go. And Morgan, yes. behind the scenes, for those who don't know, she's a player development person with the Texans, been with us for a long time, yeah. and you're her brother, so that's how we know you. That's it. And, you know, and this is this is great because for the longest time I was known as Dean Kleinschmidt's son, <laughs> uh, you know, who spent 40 years in the yes. league as a head athletic trainer. And so now I'm Morgan's brother, which is yeah. great. Uh, so I, I just I'm, I'm happy to kind of fall in line there. She loves Houston. She loves mm-hmm. you guys. She loves working for the Texans and spending some time, you know, around you guys and around Drew, who I've known for a long time, and DP and um, seeing Dylan last uh, the last couple of days with, uh, you know, who works with her in that in the player development yep. role. Um, it's easy to see why she loves being a part of the Texans. But um, we have to carve out a, a, a niche in some way for you. Oh, yeah, that's right. By the way, <laughs> one of the personalities over I at, don't know about that, at, but at, yeah. at NFL Network. Yeah. But you, you, do, uh, you do a heck of a job, right? Thank you, John. And you do – you seem like you do a million different things in NFL Network. You're 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 sort of the Darren Sproles, if you will, because they I can like put that. you anywhere, and you can do pretty much anything. And where are you expanding to now? Like, what all kind of lands on your plate? Well, so this is my favorite time of year, for one. This is like Christmas to me. Truly it is. And, and really it goes back to 
playoff time, because playoff time is also all-star game season as right. we kind of make that put that beginning of that push yep. towards the path to the draft, right? And so that's what I love when like those worlds really collide. And then post Super Bowl, we really get that focus into the draft, right? Yep. And so um, I just I love this part of the job, like the draft, the combine, that's kind of become my niche more yep. so. Uh, in these last couple of years, I host our daily draft show, which begins in April, uh, Path of the Draft, yep. which I, I love. I'm um, going to be a part of our, our work for NFL Plus um, on doing the on-field drills on Thursday and Friday. Um, and so really excited about that and, and just getting to know college players because that's also become another uh, part. I, I, I do the color uh, for that's the right. Indiana football radio yeah, broadcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did that for the first time this year. So it's great now because, like, I use that to help me with this, right, because I right. see those players in person. So now I can talk about all these guys that I've seen live yep. um, and not just getting to see them for the first time at the Combine anymore, which is great. So I, I just, like, I love this time of year. I love the opportunities that I get to be a part of our draft coverage, you know, which starts here at the Combine. So I can ask you yeah. about Cam Jones. And Let's go. Cam Jones. Man, yes. He's, he's going to do really well in the drills. He but will. the things that you're going to love and people and teams are going to love about Cam Jones are things that people aren't going to see, which yep. are the interviews. He is going to ace that he stuff. Is he is Walter yep. Payton, NFL Man of the Year material mm. uh, in the league. He is a fantastic player and a really good dude. Rhett good Lewis. There you go. Good fit. Off the ball linebacker. Rhett with NFL Network, of course. You, wait, so color for Indiana. Yeah. I don't radio. know if I knew this. Yeah. And you've done some play-by-play -play yes. as well on TV. So, Boy, you are Darren Sproles. <laughs> you might be better than Darren Sproles, and I love Darren Sproles. Well, see, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm trying to become the first play-by-play -play and color man. <laughs> I'm just going to try to do the one-man band yeah. thing, which Absolutely. I did in Lubbock for a while uh, with Drew in yeah. uh, my first stop. So, yeah, no, I, I just I, I want to be a part of game broadcast, Mark. Right, truly. right. Yeah. So uh, Ray Bentley yes. and Dan Fouts both did uh, color and play-by-play. -play. Yeah. Dan did, too? Yeah, Dan Fouts did That's a little, right. yeah. yeah. He did some play-by-play. -play. That's amazing. Yeah, so there – and his father was a, was a sportscaster as well. Today's history lesson is over right now. <laughs> uh, Rhett Lewis with us. So, path to the draft. We yes. see this show. Yeah. And people ask us, like, how do you guys have topics every day? I'm like, it's not a problem. No. Believe me. There's always something to talk it's about. Always. always something to talk about on yeah. Path to the Draft. Do you focus more on the players or the team needs, or does it change up? That's a great question. And I think for the most part, and especially in the early part of it, it's all about getting to know the players. And that's okay. what this combine is about, too. It's about introducing the players that you're going to eventually hear their names called in Kansas City at the end of April now and getting mm -hmm. people to understand their stories and, and know their strengths and maybe the, some of the weaknesses that teams are going to talk about and just getting to know the full picture of some of these players. Like, you know, getting to know Will Anderson um, of Alabama, getting to know Bryce Young, um, you know, who might look good in blue and red. I don't know. Um, getting <laughs> getting to know some of these these top players, especially the guys, you know, with, you know, the quarterbacks, the big names, the guys that are going to go in the first 31 picks. Um, and, and then just kind of introducing them. And then, like, we start to transition to, all right, He's a great player at the college level, but to become a great player at the NFL level, it is so much more about fit and finding the right fit, especially mm. as you get to quarterbacks. And now we're like, okay, I can see Bryce Young fitting in, you know, with what D'Amico Ryans wants to do or fitting in, you know, with what um, – with, with what the Colts want to do with the Raiders. And, and so, you know, that's really kind of interesting and intriguing. But it is it is like a 50-50, truly. So, Rhett, when you are kind of diving into your coverage, and we yeah. were talking to DJ the other day, and he's like, you know, I get into like 400 players, and we know our buddy Lance, he's like yeah. – he does like 500 or so. He does. When you dive into it, how, how 
how deep do you want to go? Like, how yeah. much do you want your width and breadth to yeah. really be of knowing who these guys are? Because, like you said, play-by-play guys, color guys, they're going to look at things t- completely differently, but you're kind of <laughs> looking at both. How do you kind of look at that and separate and, and delineate between that? It, it's a good point. And, by the way, Zerline's an animal uh, with the amount of reports that he does. DJ's the same. I mean, DJ was cranking on tape, he probably told you, from 7 a.m. to 1 a.m. for yeah. two weeks straight, trying right. to get these 319 players that are here at the Combine, you know, and put them in his database. I am mostly focused uh, this week on the defensive players. So, like, I've had, you know, 150 or so that I've been trying to watch. Like, I am truly – I'm trying to watch, like, 20 plays yeah, right. of each guy. Like, just so get I can a have a sense. It. Get a flavor. Yeah. Get an understanding. And then once this is over, you know – and we and that's – you know, it's a lot of times what evaluators end up doing at the combine is, like, they'll see something pop, right? Uh, you see a 40-time pop, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't see that on tape. Go back and look at that again, right? And you see, I didn't see that explosive ability, you know, that he showed with a 40-inch vertical jump. Let me go back and see if I can find that and find out why and how. Um, So yeah, that's kind of like how I use that. So I'll, I'll, I dip my toes in, whereas those guys are going headfirst into the deep end of the pool, right? Absolutely. Um, And I just, I just want to have enough to inform the viewer and then to set up the analyst and then to also kind of formulate a little bit of an opinion as well. Red Lewis with us from NFL Network. Before I get too many texts and tweets, Frank Gifford also play-by-play <laughs> yes, and color, true. all right? That's Another true. legendary guy. <laughs> but I digress. Modern era. I'm glad yeah. you came up with Back that. to this. Doing the drills and doing that coverage on NFL yeah. Network, this is really interesting because it goes back a long way with NFL Network. Oh and it started off in a way that it is not now, right? You've evolved. <laughs> so tell us about what you like to do, how you're handling the coverage, what's changed over the years. Well, so this is um, this is really cool because I, I used to watch the Combine like religiously when I was growing up. And, and when it first got broadcast on NFL Network, I was like, this is this is amazing. Like yeah. we get a chance to see this because you know, my dad would let me like sneak in and watch a couple yeah. you know, when he was with Washington. And I was just down the road going to school here at Indiana. He's like, hey, come up and spend a day and watch. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I wish this was on TV. And then it turns out it is and and that's great and so yeah i mean it's evolved i mean like we've got like drone flyovers of simulations (laughs) of how the drills are going to go right like it's i mean the the production value has gone way up through the roof and this year what we're doing a little bit differently as you guys have probably seen nfl now has a subscription service called nfl plus right and so we're doing a players only version of the on-field drills i don't know how i got into this as part of the players only part um because i was not invited to the combine as a wide receiver at indiana Mm. um in fact i decided not to run my 40 at the pro day because (laughs) i had a sprained thumb Okay. So <laughs> good, good reason. Good reasoning. I like that. Good reasoning. So uh, so I'm, I get to be down there with, like, Calais Campbell, Dwight Freeney, mm-hmm. uh, Matthew Judon, Devin White. And so we get to do, like, essentially a players-only version of the on-field drills with all these prospects on Thursday and Friday that's going to go out on NFL+. Plus. Whereas that used to be a part of the main NFL Network broadcast, right? And so now on NFL Network, you'll just you'll hear Rich and DJ go through those drills uh, on their own, which is, which is kind of cool. All right, I I know that Morgan. I'd be curious about this, but yeah. this is a question for off air. Morgan probably doesn't give you anything about the Texans. She does. It's probably smart. <laughs> so you looking at Texan the Texans with your kind of global NFL eyes? Yes. And I know it's been a struggle for the last few years. But what's kind of the national sentiment and what's kind of your sentiment, Rhett, as you look at the Texans now after hiring D'Amico, the draft class last year, extra picks the next couple of years, sitting at number two, number 12. How do you kind of look at 
this organization and where it is right now, where it could possibly go. And, and I've said this now for more than a year, like really since since Nick came in and started to put his imprint on this organization, I was like, there's some things to really get excited about. And I know it was hard to to kind of to get people to get excited about that fact when the wins aren't showing right, up. Exactly. But man, if you break, if you and you can't do this in this game, but if you separate wins and losses from it, and you just look at the tape and you look at like you know. The flashes you've seen from Nico Collins. You look at what Brevin Jordan did at the end of his rookie year, yeah. you know, two years ago, and you're like, dang, man, that's. And then you see Damian Pierce, you know, bull in a china shop this year. Yeah. Um, and we saw flashes from Davis Mills, uh, certainly a quarterback, too. And then, you know, you, you're starting to have those building blocks up front um, as they keep trying to fortify that part of it. And you got one of the best in the game, obviously, in Laramie Tunsil. Um, the things that, that I'm really excited about are the young pieces on offense. Um, I think if if we'd have seen a full season and a full 17 from Derek Stingley, we'd be talking about Sting the same way we're talking about Sauce yeah. with the Jets, truly. Mm. Um, I think he's that kind of player. Um, and so now what, what I, I mean, what I'd love to see just from the outside are more guys that can affect the quarterback on the defensive yeah, side absolutely. of the guys that can rush the passer. Um, you know, and I think you're going to be here <laughs> a great spot to get one at two and at 12. And, you know, the fact that you got 12 picks in this draft as it is, I know a lot of them are on day three with those, what is it? Four or five, six rounders, um, four, six yeah. rounders, I think, but you got five in the top 73 picks. Yep. Like that is mm -hmm. an incredible opportunity to build foundational pieces of this team. Wait, we're contractually obligated to say this right now. As of right now. That's true, because yes. comp picks aren't out yet. And yeah. because Trades. Nick Casario is our GM. <laughs> there's the, yeah, you could there's the real reason. You could Let's be, get to the real reason yeah, here. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, Nick's going to move around. We know that's the case. He's done it the last couple of years, and he's done it masterfully, so we know that's going to happen. But having the assets of five in the top 73 are huge. It's incredible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I will say that, like, having Morgan as my sister, you know, like, I do keep a closer eye on the Texans, you know, than, than maybe I would have otherwise. But, man, I'm, I mean, there is a ton of, of good young players to really get excited about. Red Lewis, NFL Network with us. All right, a couple more here. Rank the off-season events for us because <laughs> you do NFL Network coverage all the time. So, so in your – this is your personal opinion. I'll give you all-star games. Okay, okay good one. Uh, combine. Yep. Free agency, draft, and can I count training camp? Uh, schedule release. Wait, schedule release. Oh, schedule okay. release. Yeah. That's a lot of events. We're <laughs> going to lose the order. Training. Anyway, no, 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 right. start we'll mixing that all up right, a little all right, bit. All right, good, good call. Good call. Um, okay, so for me, number one is the draft. Okay. Number one is the draft, the yes. excitement. I mean, like, look, guys, I mean, you remember, um, if you can separate your AFC South uh, rivalry bias for a moment, the draft in Nashville and the, the scene yeah, that, was that, that was on Broadway. That was unbelievable. Yeah. That's that we are calling people's names at a podium. Yeah, no. that's what I always <laughs> okay. say. That's what I always say. Like, but that <laughs> is, what, I mean, that is. But the the, the how it's done yes. and the who yes. does yeah, it who and, and the Pat win. McAfee standing up yeah. there and just absolutely <laughs> scorching him, right? the Titans fans. Oh I mean, my God, it's like, just it's incredible. It's theater, yeah, and it, really, and it is. really is. And it's a great reality show. And like you're seeing real, you're seeing storylines as the draft goes up and down the board, first, second round. Mm -hmm. I mean, like there's so much, there's so much drama and intrigue, and we. You know, and all of that is the build-up to it. Um, so the draft is number one. I would say for me, All-Star Game season is number two. Wow. Yeah, and and that is from NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, the Rose Bowl, East-West Shrine Game, uh, which I've done play-by-play -play for the last couple of years mm -hmm. at uh, in in Vegas. Vegas. 
you know, uh, at Allegiant Stadium, Senior Bowl right up there, obviously, mm-hmm. HBCU Legacy Bowl. Uh, w- we get to have, like, those are our events, yeah, right? They're right. on NFL Network, and so we are such a big part of them. And that's really the, the first introduction that we get to make to fans about these players that now I've seen in person following college football, and I get to tell them why I love these guys, and I get to be a part of the live broadcast, right? Yeah. And it makes you – it just it, – it, it really signals, like, hey, it's draft season. So that's two. All-star games are tough to do. Oh, my well. God. <laughs> oh, I should have brought my boards, Mark. Yeah. You'd have loved to have seen, like, the, the X marks <laughs> through all the players that decide not to play on Who's game that? day. He switched his number. Yeah, sw- they got oh, 12 decals on their the helmets. Like, they got so many decals on their helmets, you can't tell anything. Oh, like, wait yeah. a second. And then, of course, I know I was at the Senior Bowl, and you see guys come in. Like, wait a second. That, wait, guy, when, that, that guy got here when? <laughs> wait, he got here this morning? It is a challenge. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah, it's tough. It's kind of like high school football yeah. where they're changing <laughs> jerseys on the fly and that yes. kind of thing. Yes. I was talking to somebody. Broadcasting high school football is probably harder than any other level yes. of football. Oh, my gosh. You, I mean, you have no resources. No information. Right. Where's right. the PR guy? Right. What PR guy? And then there's going to be, invariably, the website, there's right. a kid that forgot his jersey. Oh, my gosh. He's wearing yeah. 45. Yeah. It should be number nine. Yeah. I mean, it's, you called him the wrong uh, name the whole game. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's the whole deal. It's ridiculous. All right, so, so, the, so it's a challenge. So that's two. Combine and is three. Combine is combine three. Is three. Right. Okay. It's phenomenal. Um, and I, I do think I have to separate out training camp because, to me, that's the start of the season. Yeah, it okay. is a different yeah. deal. And that is – I have a passion for training camp. I mm-hmm. And it's usually my only chance to get out and see teams. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, I like Houston is always at the top of my wish list, but I haven't been in like five years. Yeah, I was going to gonna say, you haven't ended camp. up in Houston much. You're coming yeah, this year. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. you got to be that national team this year. Yeah. Okay, one of those was a schedule release. Yes. That's, Which that's, is – that's down. That's, that's, that's down, down there. It's a big deal. It's a tentpole yeah. event for us at NFL Network. It's it a is. big deal. I know that I have no control over where yeah. I'm going. And, right. and so the, the when these games are played, they have no bearing well, on my life. <laughs> R- Johnny, <laughs> Rhett is a national guy, so yeah. the schedule release is like, whatever, yeah. because it, it's all about the team and right. the fans it, of the I mean, team. It's huge for you guys. Yeah. For us, it's like, when are we playing, at what time? Because yeah. we know the who. Was right. Just when. So, yeah, it's probably a little bit more for us at that point. But yeah. I like your order, though. I now, like, like All-Star in, games, when, absolutely. When I, was at, uh, when I was in local sports in Boston covering the Patriots, I love schedule release because I was just hoping and praying that we got the Dolphins in South Beach in December. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they always lose that game. <laughs> yes. yes. That's, That's okay. Tough. Hey, we got Chicago in September last year. I felt like I won the oh, lottery. Man, you, you yeah. absolutely oh, did. Nice I'm like, day. come on. It's a nice day. Rhett, thanks a lot yeah, for joining you us. got it, buddy. Thanks, Mark. All right, there's our buddy Rhett Lewis from NFL Network and another friend from NFL Network coming up. I guess it's an all-NFL Network show as D.P. Sidhu visits with Rich Eisen and we'll get Johnny's combine thoughts heading into the weekend workouts as well. It's coming up on Texans Radio. Fun final segment here, Texans all access from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. As we promised, D.P. Sidhu visited with Rich Eisen from NFL Network and the Rich Eisen Show, which you can see on every device in America. And she starts out this interview asking him, a little behind-the-scenes stuff, asking him when he's going to do his famous run, Run Rich Run, for charity for St. Jude's. In two months, yeah. Is there an injury issue? No, 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 no. It's just that uh, due to COVID, um, we one year ran it in L.A. Okay. And then we invited NFL uh, legends to run with me. And that put a light bulb over my head, like, if I continue to do it and I get more legends and more people donating, it brings in more money for the charity. And um, 
I don't have to credential them here in Indianapolis, which is a very difficult process. And um, I don't have to run it um, at the combine after sitting on my behind in the booth <laughs> for six straight hours and having them stretch. Like eating it, steak for like was, six straight nights? It was just yeah. optimum in so many different ways for the fundraising and making it different and getting more people involved. So I'm going to, that's the way I'm going to do it now. Do you have a goal? Do you have a 40 goal? Just not to get hurt okay, and raise as much goal. money yeah. for St. Jude Children's Research. A wonderful cause. That's the idea. All right, Rich, let's talk about the Texans. D'Amico sure. Ryans, what do you thought about the coaching hire? There's I a lot of excitement it. in Houston. What about nationally? What I, I love the hire. Um, obviously, you know, we need to see what he can do, but his, his history uh, with the team, uh, his history with the town. He met his wife there. I guess he told me that they, um, when he came on my show, they met at a Bible study in Houston uh, when he was a player there. Um, and then what he's done clearly as a coach and what he's uh, been able to do as a leader uh, of, of other men, it just makes it a, a terrific fit, certainly for a team that's um, you know, one and done to two previous coaches to give him the amount of time that he's been given. Uh, the fact that he can stand in a, a press conference room and there's Brian Cushing and mm -hmm. there's Andre Johnson, so it's the history and bringing it all together. Um, it, it just works on so many different levels, and uh, I'm excited for the Texans. Well, we've got a lot of draft capital to get to build on this team. Number two overall pick, number 12 overall pick in the first round. Yeah. If you're Nick Casario, who are you taking with number two? Jeez, um, I, I guess the quarterback that's not taken number one overall. Um uh, unless you fall head over heels in love with uh, Will Anderson, um, who I proffer to say will be available second overall because somebody's going to um, take a quarterback first overall. I doubt it's the Bears. I bet you they'll trade out. Maybe the Texans can flip to just trade up to one and um, and get that pick back that um, that they can then use on a quarterback. Um, so I would I would imagine right now as we're standing here on the first day of March, I would I would say. C.J. Stroud will be a, a new Houston Texan. And then the proverbial best player available, the 12th pick. Um, it's possible a quarterback could be still available there. Um, that they could roll the dice, take Will Anderson too, and then roll the dice and figure somebody else uh, who they would like to have could still be available at 12. Or they can sit there and trade out and get more picks. So there's a lot of options as opposed to the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. What about the Texans' current draft class from last year that's heading into year two? Guys like Damian Pierce, Derek Stingley, Jalen Petrie. Nick Casario drafted all these guys last yeah. year. They're heading into year two. What would you sort of think of what they did last year and, and how much they can really build on this team with those guys? Well, I, I, I saw Damian Pierce run um, uh, and, and perform as well as he did in the preseason. I think one preseason game too late for me to um, uh, get and draft him as I wanted to in my fantasy league. I saw that thing. <laughs> I saw that guy coming. Uh, he's got one of Kyle Brandt's scepters in the case. Angriest so, run of the year. Yeah, so he, he's got the, the ultimate scepter right. uh, in the case. So obviously you need um, a run game in this league. You need uh, the ability to defend the pass. And we saw that out of uh, a draft class last year that you're just going to assume is only going to get better. Um, so I, I, I think the Texans are appreciably better with us standing here in this room this year than, than had we had this chat last year.
What about for the Texans? They had so many years where they were really dominant in the AFC South. The last few years have been rough, but what do they need to do to get back to that level? What's the next step they got to take to be dominant once again? Get the quarterback. You get that right. It's that simple. It's that simple. I mean, that's the difference in this league of being incredibly successful and having a shot to win a Super Bowl or picking second overall, hiring coaches. So hopefully um, they'll get it right. It's that simple. All right, Rich, appreciate the time and good luck with the 40. Thank you. May you have an angry run on your own 40. I appreciate that. (laughs) That's Rich Eisen and D.B. Sidhu visiting at the NFL Scouting Combine. And now Johnny Harris joins us on the way to a wonderful weekend, Johnny, of working out with the quarterbacks. Not that you're going to be doing that, but they'll be doing that with each other and other people. And I'm curious to see, I think, true or false, if Anthony Richardson throws well here, it is going to blow up for him. It is going to be insanely active. The hype machine will be rolling more than ever. What would you make of what you saw this morning with the guys at the podium and what you think of this weekend? Yeah, quarterbacks-wise, you know, I feel like, you know, Bryce handled about 15,000 questions about his size. Yeah. And he handled them all very, very well. Um, I thought Will Levis was very composed up at the up at the mic, mm. very confident. Uh, C.J. Stroud, same way. Um, they've got a different they've got a different way and aura kind of about them, but you can tell both of them are pretty confident in what they can do. Levis was asked, "Are you gonna throw at the combine?" He said, "Yeah, I got one of the strongest arms in the draft. I'm gonna show it off," <laughs> which I, which I kind of like. Yeah. Um, and then of course you got Anthony Richardson, who. Um, his Barry White baritone was awesome. Yep. I mean, it was really fun to kind of listen to him and hear that voice. Just, I mean, he's all he's all the way down there. Uh, but seeing him physically in person, yes. my goodness, it's notable because I mean, it you and I were standing notable. off to the side of the podium yeah. where we could really see them get up to the yeah. podium. I, I put some pictures on Twitter. Yeah, of at least uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. There's going to be more, and. Just to see Bryce get up there, fine, and C.J. Stroud, fine, and then you see Richardson get up there, you're like, oh, physical specimen. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, a lot of people, you know, look at Levis and Richardson, and like, oh, they're kind of the same size. No, they're not the same size at all. Uh, Anthony's a legit six four, and uh, and thick, and thick. So he's, I mean, he is, he is well, well put together. But uh, you know, got a chance to kind of pop in on a lot of the other quarterbacks, listen to Hendon Hooker for a while, and. You talk about impressive. He was actually talking kind of scheme when I, you know, rolled up. And, you know, not, you know, completely like off to the side, your X's and O's type stuff, but just kind of, you know, overall, you know, just the way quarterbacks talk and how they how they talk about protections and how easily they do that. It's always kind of fun. And I, and I listened to my guy Jake Hayner. He was talking about how Fresno State changed some of the protections and things they did this year. Um, they had a new coach. They had Jeff Tedford because Kalen DeBoer had gone to Washington. So he had to learn all of that and, and dealt with all that. So it was really cool. But one of my favorite listens of the entire day was not a quarterback. It was actually Tank Dell, the University oh, of Houston. Yeah. It, which I'm still blown away by how they figure out who goes to a podium and who goes and sits at the table. And they put Tank at a table, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Tank's one of the best – he's one of the best players in this draft, and he's going to show it off. I mean, he's going to be in a 4-3 range. He is not physically big, but just listening to him talk about Marcus Jones from the Patriots uh, was really impressive and what Marcus had done. And he was – he was very to the point about what he could do, what he needed to work on. 
um, you know, kind of the road that he took to get to the University of Houston and, you know, beyond to the Senior Bowl, to the Combine, et cetera. He was really fun to listen to, tanked out from the University of Houston. And Toon was up there as well. Yeah, Toon was here uh, yesterday, Javarius Owens. So University of Houston, well represented here for sure. Uh, I took a lap around the convention center last night after di- after dinner just yeah. to walk it off, and I ran into Deuce Vaughn and a few running backs oh, doing oh, yeah. workouts because yeah. you see that from time to time in various nooks and crannies of the convention center here in Indianapolis. And Vaughn is not a big fella. We knew this. You tried to kidnap him and bring him back to Houston? I was trying to size him up. I was like, all right, he comes up to here yeah, on he's me. He's not a big guy. Don't don't even. That's the thing. And, and I've kind of, kind of learned this. Like yesterday, um, Nolan Smith put on a show physically over at the, over at the um, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium on the first night of on-field testing. And kind of learned. We expected that, though. Mm-hmm. We expected that. You know, it's like if Deuce Vaughn walked up there and was 5'10", we'd be like, whoa, that's not what we expected. We expect Deuce to be 5'6", 185 pounds, but thick, smart, tough, um, took it 80 to the house against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, will step up and take on the blitzing linebackers. I mean, he does a little bit of everything. So even though he probably was right at the, you know, your your zipper, you know, right there and your quarter zip, that dude can play. Yeah, it, you always talk about seeing guys on the hoof or whatever, yeah. and this is a really good yeah. example of that when you see guys in these track suits, basically, yeah. and, and what they look like, how they present themselves, how they interact with the other teammates. It's got to be a really memorable experience for them. Not always great memories necessarily, right. but they're going to remember this forever yes. because ah. it's a convention unto itself for them, yeah. just meeting all their college opponents. Yeah, absolutely, and you hear them when they're asked about, hey, who is the best guy you faced? And, you know, a lot of times they answer guys that they, they played with, uh, you know, at Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba was talking about C.J. Stroud, and they were obviously talking about each other uh, this morning. So, you know, you hear you hear those things. And then the one the ones that I'd love to hear, Mark, are always, uh, you know, who were players you idolized growing up or who were players that you model your game after? Yeah. And I always listen to those now because I want to know whether I got a cop right. Did I get oh, the cop right, um, you know, on a guy? Yeah, but that's not always the, the be-all, end-all. No, it's, it isn't. But I want to it, – it's just always curious to me who they pick. And, you know, Jaden Hazelwood, uh, who had been at uh, Arkansas, then went to Oklahoma, uh, maybe the other way around. I think with Oklahoma first, then went to Arkansas. He was asked, you know, who was the guy he liked just without missing a beat? DeAndre Hopkins. He's like, yeah, that's a good one. That's a, that's a good one to follow. So there have been a lot of those. The Jordan Addison, <laughs> he was asked about an interview. This is my favorite quote, I think, all day. He was asked whether he had met with a particular team, not the Texas, but did you meet with a particular team? Yeah, I met with that team. I crushed it, too. I hope they thought that as well. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's great. That's confidence. Yeah, All good. right. That's going to do it for our shows here from Indianapolis. But we have a lot of content we got along the way, and you're going to be hearing it next week on Texans All Access as we review the weekend workouts on Monday. We want to thank everyone who worked on the programs this week, and thank you, Joe, for producing. Thank you, Johnny, as always. Have a great night, everyone. Check out this show on the podcast, on the Texans app, and all the platforms. Go Texans!